It's time to hammer. Okay. Oh, I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome to another episode of After the Credits. <laughs> I will be your host tonight, Christopher Schmidt. With me is Sean Davis and Ryan Davis. Say hello, Good guys. Good evening. Chris. Hello. Good evening. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Mission Impossible 6. I don't remember the subtitle. <laughs> I also uh, have not seen said movie, so I will be here. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, hold on, hold on here. This doesn't add up. You lied to us. You're not Christian at all. You got me. He really did see You're... the movie and mastered their face <laughs> technique. <laughs> so thanks to a resounding response to the question posed in our Teen Titans Go episode, <laughs> we have decided to do a Mission Impossible episode at your request. You, we do what they, we do what they demand. <laughs> Fans demanded it, and we'll provide. I didn't even know uh, we had that many listeners. It was ridiculous how many people responded. I pay a whole bunch of people in like China to just like <laughs> listen to us. I hear they're pretty cheap. <laughs> they do farm in gold farming. It's just listen farming um yeah mission impossible six fallout fallout that's what you're looking for fallout it is the fallout of mission impossible series meaning you start off in a vault after the nuclear holocaust and then you get a dog and probably blow up a town Uh, probably (laughs) You, you lost everyone we now have no listeners um well, since I'm sure we haven't done anything exciting in the last <laughs> since you know since we talked about since, um, I, we've done so many things, so many things. Let me tell How you. About this? Wait, what? Let me right, tell you about it. all the what things that I've done since our last recording. I saw this movie on Netflix called. <laughs> wait, this is actually real. Mascots. It, it's called Mascots. It's about the. It's by the people who made you know made all those other ones like Waiting for Guffman and uh, A Mighty Wind yeah, yeah. and Best in Show. Oh, I heard of that. It's about like sports mascots, right? Yeah, it's actually. I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it, it, if you're a fan of that style of of comedy and filmmaking. Wait, so a Netflix film that was not awful. Correct. I mean. <laughs> I guess if you ask someone else, maybe they would think it's terrible. But I, because I'm already a fan of that, of all those actors and right. the style and Christopher Guest and all that stuff, I'm, I'm already sold. So that was pretty good. Our I listeners also, are blown away. Yeah. Ryan actually liked the movie. <laughs> On Netflix. I like plenty On of Netflix. movies. This Netflix is the criteria. Uh, and also, I saw the movie Blind Spotting. I would definitely recommend that film. That is also one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, that's right. Uh, that was the movie with the guys in it. I know of that movie. The, <laughs> it, was like, it has well, it has the guy from Kimmy Schmidt, the love interest from the la- latest seasons, um, hmm. and he's actually a legitimately fantastic freaking actor. Um, it, it is kind of funny because he does sort of like rap in the movie a little bit, so it kind oh, of yeah. reminded me of that scene in Kimmy <laughs> Schmidt where he like sucks at doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
but no, it's it's a uh, it's a just a freaking fantastic movie. I mean, at its core, it's a bunny comedy, but it's of course about like racial stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry to reduce it to not a very elegant racial stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, I re- highly recommend that. Um, I also saw at the Moonlight. I saw the play Newsies. Um, oh, yeah. So that was. Clearly was terrible Bell. because yeah. Christian Bell lived up. It, well, Christian Bell doesn't have a lot of work right now, so he decided to reprise his. What are you talking about? He's Thirty be- years ago, he's Bagheera and Mowgli. Yeah, that's, that just needs his voice, though. He doesn't need to be there. He just did it on the phone. Yeah, just like we're doing with these podcasts. Um, we're doing them on our our landlines. It. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Newsy, it's kind of funny watching it. That now I want to go back and watch the movie, but. You know, of course, it's about like, yeah, like rise up and fight the man. But watching it now, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, newspaper doesn't even exist anymore. Like, <laughs> like it's hard to like. It took me, I think, the first full act before I was like convinced to care about the characters <laughs> and their plight, which sounds pretty heartless of me. But it was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, is it that bad though? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah. That's what I've done. That's cool. I haven't done anything. I was just going to talk about some new stuff. Chris, did you have you done anything? Like what new stuff, huh? Uh, not a, I don't know if there's any new stuff you want to talk about. There's two things that I thought were kind of interesting. One, um, MoviePass is just imploding. Yeah, um, I don't know how you guys feel about that because we're all MoviePass subscribers. Yeah, that's, I wanted to succeed just so I can keep seeing movies for so cheap. I know. Uh, I guess they've reduced it to three movies a month, which is still, I mean, if you see three movies a month, it's still a better, you're still saving a ton of money. Right. I'm not sure, like, I I, kind of want to understand the background behind the business because I'm not sure how that makes a difference. Like, the movie theaters aren't losing money based on me attending the films because I'm attending films when there's plenty of empty seats. So I'm not sure what they think they're doing. Um, I think the movie industry in terms of, the theater part of it is kind of backwards and broken. I mean, they they show the film regardless of attendance, right? So yeah. why not take every opportunity to fill every seat you possibly exactly. can? You're wasting money, essentially, yeah, or resources over- anyway. Exactly. Your overhead's the same, approximately. Yeah, there's theater cleanup and stuff like that, but that's, you know, minimal. Uh, so if the overhead's the same, why not maximize profits by putting people in the seats? Um, yeah, and I, I and yeah. as a theater chain, that's what you want anyway, because you're not making movie money on the ticket sales. You're making money on the concessions. Precisely. So you want, like, you don't care if they didn't pay anything to get into your theater. You just want people there. Yeah. The, off chance. Like, I'm more likely to buy concessions because of MoviePass, because I'm like, oh, I didn't you know spend what? money on <laughs> on the ticket. I can spend money on food I don't. Like, right. It, 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 what's so funny about that is I, I refuse... Par- uh, to buy concessions partly because they're so ridiculously yeah. overpriced, and the fact that I used to move work at a movie theater, and that biases me against yeah those shenanigans. But uh, the last movie I saw with Movie Pass, I was like, I was so thirsty just because it's been really hot and stuff, and I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy a freaking soda. It's still cheaper than the movie ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, maybe we should just give this kind of feedback to the theaters because maybe they're missing. This opportunity yeah, for I'm not sure where the, this, this like kind of pushback is. I mean, it does seem like a pie-in-the-sky kind of business model. Like, oh, just free movies for $10? Like, how, how is this possibly going to work? But it apparently worked 
somehow for a little while anyway. Right. Um, but where the pushback is coming from the studios or from the, the theater chains, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like it's coming from both, but I don't, I don't right. know the specifics, so it's hard yeah. to say. And then AMC uh, is starting their own, so yeah, clearly exactly. Which, someone yeah. acknowledges it as a good idea. But it's weird, though, because there's still AMC on MoviePass, maybe just because the AMC thing hasn't really started out yet. Because yeah. uh, there's AMC, I go to the AMCs, that's the closest theaters to me, so I use MoviePass at those AMCs still. Yeah. But um, but also it just does feel like, you know, if they, they can't go back to the prior business model. Like, it's unsustainable. I mean, if going to the movies now for $20 a ticket, you see one movie, you're in there, and if you have a family, or like, oh, it's yeah. just silly. Like, and so I, I'm just not sure what their solution they think is going to be is, right. you know, cancel, get rid of the movie pass, which is more in line with how we are consuming just media, media and things in general now. Right. Like, you, 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 the, you adapt. You adapt to survive, and you, you don't just like, no, we don't like it. You're going to stop doing it. Right. But um, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of kind of a well, bummer, but we'll see if it actually affects how much I actually use it or not. Um, yeah. Apparently, they've done, you know, their data shows that most people only go three movie, about three movies a month anyway, so it won't yeah. affect, theoretically, most people anyway. So right. We'll um, and then something else I thought was just kind of cool is that Black Panther's now become the, only the, thir- the third movie to gross domestically over $700 million. Like, Oh, wow. How is that movie yeah. still making money? Uh, I don't know. It's still in theaters, though. There's a couple theaters near me that are still showing it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's cool. I just, uh, yeah, yeah. it's not near, I don't think it's in our area or down in North County. It's know. ridiculous that it's still in theaters because it is out on Blu-ray. Avengers <laughs> Infinity War has come out and is now about out on Blu-ray. It's out digitally. Like... How is that still in theaters and people are showing up to it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, where they like, could, it is kind of where they're just thing. like, I should spend the same amount of money and just buy it. Yeah, it is funny, especially in light of the movie pass stuff. Like, I mean, people are still paying money for like, like when they obviously <laughs> don't have to. Right. So I don't know. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I thought it was just kind of interesting and kind of cool. Um, but that's all I got. Any any other news or topics of interest before we jump into some impossible um, feats of uh, Tom Cruise-ness? While we're talking about impossible physical feats, fantasy football is about to start up. Pass. I about that. That only applies <laughs> to me. <laughs> so I'm going to hold a little corner here for about 15 minutes just to elongate this episode a little bit of me talking to myself <laughs> about my draft options and how I don't want to do any that could be a bonus episode yeah <laughs> uh, I haven't done fantasy football in years I did used to do it though but is it because you didn't give your the actual money the last time you did it <laughs> maybe <laughs> like I owe Joe someone someone like 20 bucks <laughs> whatever so now you've heard it here first. Sean's the terrible human being. <laughs> That's not what the, they have not heard it here first. That's been heard many times before. Um, yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, we could jump right into it then. Um, Mission Impossible. So, yeah. Wait. Did you already say full disclosure, Chris? You have not actually seen the movie. <laughs> full disclosure for all of those who have not actually seen the movie, including myself. We're about to spoil everything. <laughs> 
So if you would like to remain virgin to the events of Mission Impossible Fallout, please skip to the end now. <laughs> Don't turn it off, though. Just skip to the Don't, end. Yeah, just, there's really important stuff you're going to want to hear at the end of this. Um, yep, Mission Impossible 6. Tom Cruise is an old man, but he's still crazy and doing crazy stuff. He, yeah, he, he is. is indeed. So let's start with first then impressions. Sean, what was your what was your impression of said movie? Uh I got a kick out of it. It was super enjoyable. It was super fun. It was like the perfect kind of action movie um that you want from an action movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I've actually really really enjoyed the last 3 Mission Impossibles. Uh for whatever reason, I think they've just kind of been invigorated and just like turned into Kind of strangely, one of the more sleeper, but yet still bombastic kind of um, franchises, cinematic franchises out right now, and it doesn't didn't let me down. I was kind of expecting it to be kind of bored with this kind of you know set piece kind of action scenes by now, but it did not bore me. I was entertained throughout, um, and I thought actually the plotting in this one was a little step up from the last one, at least. Um, that was a little bit more interesting and had to pay a little bit more attention than often is the case with like these big action movies. So, and uh, say what you will about Tom Cruise, I don't. I still think he. This is the perfect type of movie for him. Like it, um, it's the same director, but Edge. It remind you know Edge of Tomorrow, which I loved. Like, yeah, was great in that. Like he's just like perfect for these roles. And so I'll, I'm still on board. I'll keep watching them um, if they make more, which I'm sure they will. Why would they not make money? So, where would you rank it in the pantheon of Mission Impossible films? <laughs> oh, all the way back to the classics. Actually, that's a good question because I was thinking about that. I think my favorite is still the first one because that one is super crazy plot wise, and I, every time I watch it, I don't know what's happening um, in the plot. <laughs> sorry and so it's always like feels kind of new in some ways like oh yeah that's right whoa what's what's going on now oh man even though i've seen it five times or ten times or whatever um so my favorite's that one and then i think my second favorite it might be this one it's either this one or tie with this one and or the fourth one and that was a, i think was that rogue nation or ghost protocol i don't remember that was ghost protocol yeah. yeah ghost, ghost protocol. protocol and that was the one where he like climbs the tower in dubai and yeah that was a good one that was really good. Yeah, so it's between those two for my second, third, and then um, probably the fifth one, the, the one that came out two years ago, um, which was also a lot of fun, but I, I felt like wasn't as good as these this one. And then the Mission Possible 3, the one with like Philip Seymour Hoffman, directed by J.J. Abrams. I remember liking that one when it first came out, but on repeat viewings, I don't think it really holds up. It's it, yeah, I don't know. It, I agree. Actually. It's not as memorable. And then my least favorite is Mission Impossible 2, which, again, when I first saw it, I was much younger as a kid, and I, lo- I loved it. And it's really – now I go back, and it's, like, like laughably, hilariously, like, cliche and bad. And it's just, like, like, like John Woo making a parody of himself almost, like, doves flying uh, out on yeah. motorcycles <laughs> flying into each other. Well, like, I imagine there's still that's an entertainer them, right? right? They're just yeah, like, but yeah. John Woo, make a John Woo film. You're hot right now. Make, make this that. Well, I haven't seen. Uh, the movie I just in a don't while. think it's. 
Yeah, so. I don't know if it's. I just don't know if it stands up as well as a yeah. lot of the other ones. Um, anyway, so that's how I'd rank it. It's so this one's either the, it's it's in the upper half for me for sure. All right, Ryan, what were your yeah. impressions of Mission Impossible Fallout? I was impressed in a very similar fashion. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it is kind of like the perfect action movie, just. Uh, keeping on the edge of the seat until the very, very end, which is kind of impressive considering the movie is, what, two and a half hours long? And you're still, yeah. like, they keep you suspensed up until, like, pretty much the last minute, um, which is impressive considering, I mean, f- from entering the movie, you kind of know it's going to work out all right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not actually going to blow anything up or, I mean, kill any main character. You know, I mean, like, not to spoil it yeah, too much, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. no dramatic long-lasting consequences for our beloved heroes so um although they do you know there's still plenty of tricks where you maybe you think otherwise or whatever but um yeah so i think it kind of just was firing all all cylinders and also kind of made me appreciate um this kind of filmmaking where like i think the Mar- like Marvel movies, we always have to keep talking about them, but I think they've they just have this engine where they can keep cranking out movies that consistently deliver and provide suspense and action, and they're just really great movies. But it's good to see that some other studio, other filmmakers, um, you know, they have it figured out too, and they can deliver just as much amazing, like, like the Fast and the Furious franchise, correct, or Transformers even. <laughs> all grade a franchises i mean you mentioned fast and furious and we're joking but at least to their credit the last few i actually didn't like the last one as much but i do feel like you know five six and seven or something yeah. they kind of realized what they were and just like embrace that and yeah and i think it was all the better for it um and so in terms of the action stuff i i i think mission impossible is Kind of in the same vein, but it's just a smarter franchise in general. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah you know, jumping yeah. over bridges with the moving cars, stuff. <laughs> yeah, or right. a tank going down a freeway, just just shooting cars that are fast. That's yeah. any other impressions, Ryan? Uh, yeah, actually, so yeah, right. Like Sean said, whatever he said about Tom Cruise, it's it's kind of like I think now he's whatever grievances we had with him are now long in the past, especially, well, yeah. Um, so he's, I don't know. He's just, you know, everyone loves Tom Cruise. You can't stay mad at the guy. Yeah. Um, and I it, mean, I think it's because his Satan levels have gotten so low. That's why. I like that's it. probably what it was. Yeah. Or that's high. True. I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously there's a quote unquote running joke with Tom Cruise that he has to run a bunch in films. And so I felt like this one, they're kind of like kind of winking at the audience. Like, Hey yeah. guys, here's a 10 minute sequence of Tom Cruise running literally 10 minutes, yep. no cuts him just running. Like, and not only was it just like, it was like, that was the goal. Like, you know, um, with Benji, you know, uh, Edgar Wright uh, is on, not Edgar Wright. Um, whatever is, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Um, is on the communications, like run faster. Oh, Keep Simon running. Fegg, yeah, Simon Fegg. Simon Fegg, yeah, sorry. So, it, where that was just like the whole like suspense yeah. of the scene. It's like, you got to <laughs> yeah. run faster. <laughs> yeah, right? So it was like that whole sequence I thought was, yeah. they were definitely like winking at the audience, right? Yeah. Like it had to have been. It, so, which of course, the whole thing was hilarious. And is this, 
it's just so fun watching Tom Cruise run on film because he just has like this amazing posture, right? Yeah. And like, you know, he's, he's got to just be. like so into it. It makes me want to go run. But then right? when I do, I'm like, oh, this sucks. This is hard. <laughs> Why does he make it look so fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to be especially because like, it's like all these romantic places like it's through the middle of the streets of paris right. which is like super beautiful and he's right. like running by the notre dame and all like all this stuff and you're like oh man that looks so cool i wish i, I could run, run through like these <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, you go outside yeah. and it's 100 degrees the worst <laughs> yeah and yeah. he's in like a full suit too, I think. Yeah. Isn't he? Like, How old? He's in his mid fifties now. He's right? fifty six, I think. I looked it up because yeah, after, after the film, I'm like, man, that guy. Because his age is starting to show a little bit, whatever. Um, yeah. But I'm like, man, he is in way better shape than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because there's like yeah. all the special effects, you know, for the most part are like, you know, re- you know, real, quote unquote, real. They're not like CG and all that stuff. Yeah. For the most part, I'm sure there's some stuff they do. But I, I, I joke like the all the CG budget was probably on Tom Cruise's face. To, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know because it's funny. They're like, we we can save a bunch of money because he does his own stunts. Yeah. We'll just rededicate those resources <laughs> to his face. <laughs> And he could still pass for what thirty something? Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe early forties. It, it works. Yeah, yeah. I guess forties a little more. Yeah, probably. but it, anyway, it just it totally works. He's just yeah. And it actually there's one scene in the movie, and it re- it reminded me partly of why I liked Tom Cruise, you know, or maybe why everyone likes him. He had this moment mm-hmm. where he got like really really intense. He I don't, he didn't go full full Tom Cruise intensity. But like he kind of let it show a little bit, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that really intense version of Tom Cruise. <laughs> you, I don't know if you remember the scene I'm talking about, but he just uh, he just kind of. Like, what scene is it? Just tell me. We we spoiler warnings. Um, I think it's the scene where they're in the sewers, and he's like arguing the, with yeah. with Alec Baldwin. Um, yeah. And he's like, "There's no way you can believe Fred." Like, oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah, ends yeah. up being this like quadruple Jew thing, which yeah. is which was. I want to break down that scene and see if it actually made sense. But yeah, I kind of want to watch that again and see if it makes sense. I remember like kind of calling a little bit ahead of time, like in terms of the double. Like I'm like, oh, I think I know what's coming, and that happened. But then all the other stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah. what? I didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. But um, actually, just structurally, I really like that too because I was I was expecting that to be the climax of the film. Like, and so then when there was yeah. still a whole other like half an hour left, and there was a bigger climax, it was even crazier. Yeah. It's like, whoa! I was expecting the film to be over by now, and and not in a like a like I was bored way or a no. bad way. Like, oh, this is cool. There's a whole another gigantic crazy set yeah, piece like, action sequence. Yeah, and, and then it, yeah. plus it gave a lot of opportunity for the quote unquote or for the villain to be revealed, and then have a lot yes. of these face offs yeah. between the hero and the villain. My favorite being when he's on the bottom of the elevator, looking. Oh yeah! Up oh, that scene great. was great. That scene yeah. was so good. Ah oh, man, that yeah. was just really suspenseful, and you're just you feel so helpless, but so like yeah. angry at the same time. Like yeah, it was. Yeah, and he just knows he's like nothing you can do. What are you gonna do? I'm just gonna taunt you and yeah. sit here. Um, uh, and then, yeah, it, because I was like, oh, the villain's revealed. Oh, it's the end of the movie, though. Shoot, I wish they had more time to really... But then, yeah, there's a whole the whole sequence. And, you, <laughs> and it gives everyone else more stuff to do, too, in that last sequence. I really how like, everyone has kind of a... It's not just Tom Cruise. There's, like, everyone has some exciting, Yeah, everyone had a moments. role to play in that final Like, that conflict. fight scene with um, Simon Pegg was actually really intense. Like, that I thought that whole fight scene was yeah. really good too. And so that was really good, and that re- reminds me of the Lane character who, who he's fighting against. I thought it was mm-hmm. a, actually a really, really. I don't know if this the actor did a great performance, but um, I thought his character was really cool. Um, you know, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's been done before where like 
if let's say just something happened wrong and our hero became the villain like he would be the worst villain right because he would he's just he's a you know, everyone else is an NPC, but he's a player character working against Yeah, him. it's like if Batman, like it's always kind of this thing, if Batman becomes a villain, it's yeah, like, oh shoot, the DC universe, screwed. or Superman, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah, the same idea, yeah. Yeah, so, so plus you like it for that reason, and of course it's like a mirror to show that, you know, yeah. Ethan Hunt's, you know, what his his choices and, con- and the consequences of those actions. Um, so I like that they went into that, into a little bit of his character a little bit more, um, and kind of kind of tried to bring the series and feel make the f- whole series feel cohesive like yeah. um and by bringing back uh his wife character I, um michelle monahan monahan yeah monahan yep. um you know bringing her back in and kind of tying that all together and kind of just showing you know this is the price for the life he's decided to lead and the choices he made mm-hmm. and so i really like that that was really cool and of course that you know that's basically the title of the film um yeah so that was cool. Uh, what else do you want to know about the movie, Chris? Uh, so, I mean, you guys covered a lot there. Um, I mean, Ryan, where would you place this in all the 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 pantheon? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I've said it previously on another podcast, but I usually always default to their whatever the original is. Of a given series, just because, well, it was the original, and all subsequent films will always be compared to it, and therefore that kind of becomes the standard. Um, but I would, I would put it like on par with that movie. I, I did really like Ghost Protocol, but I think this one actually overall I liked a little bit more. Um, so maybe number two. And I think one of the things that the, the the series kind of has moved away from a little bit, and one of the reasons why I still like the original more is that. As we all recall, this is actually based on a TV show. Um, yeah. And the TV show, every episode did this amazing job. Well, it did a couple a couple things that were really cool. One being that it had Leonard Nimoy. That was great. <laughs> and, you know, it's just disappointing that we can't do that anymore. Um, no, but <laughs> seriously, one of the things that it did great was it, it, uh, it always kept – like it always pulled the wool over your eyes. Um, yeah. you think things are going wrong like every episode they do it and somehow it still fools you but you think it's going all awry the whole thing was botched or screwed but then you realize oh wait I missed you know they do the reveal and then you're like oh that's right they told us that and they re- they had done this previously and now they they uh, you tricked me and the first one I think did that pretty well yeah. whereas I don't think this one I don't think it, you know at the last three as amazing great as they are I don't think they quite they're not trying yeah. to either, though. You know what I mean? It's just a different. No, I, I feel like this one maybe try, did a little bit more than the previous previous ones. That's I think that's why I thought it was the climax because I felt like that climax, that moment in the sewers, that was the moment they're like, ah, yeah. we kind of knew what was going on the whole time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But but then they're like, oh, but wait, it's still an action film, so we're gonna throw some action. And that <laughs> yeah. whole last sequence, there was no like subterfuge or kind no. of secret. It was just like, this is what we got to do. Yeah. Um, and even the beginning though too, like. And e- even though I felt like I kind of saw that coming, I thought it was a still a really cool opening where it's yeah. just like the fallout of all the cities being bombed. And it's like, like that's how the opening of the movie starts. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wait, something's off here. What's going And then it is. But yeah. like, like right but, when you start figuring again, it out, like, you're like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. So that was. And But when they're playing into that, like, like full an audience and you think everything's just completely falling apart and you think it's the, and then like, ah, nope, they, they knew what was going on. They, they had it under control. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just in general, the plot, like, because I feel like th- I think that's why maybe the second one doesn't, and, and even the third one a little bit, um, don't stand up 
to me as well is just because the plot is not like in the first one, like I said, every time I watch it, it's like, wait, who's betraying who? And you you really have to pay attention. You <laughs> yeah. lose track of what the heck is going on in that movie. John the knock Floyd, list. This betraying is really, yeah. girl face, betraying yeah. Ethan, betraying. And like, who are yeah. all these characters? Girl and these face. quoting Bible verses and meeting secret, you know, all this stuff. Um, but in the second one, it's just like, oh, there's the bad guy who's going to release a virus. And there's, you know, that, all right, we got it. Uh, and then the third one, I felt like it was, I haven't seen that one in the longest time, so I don't remember as well. But I felt it was very similar. Just Philip Seymour Hoffman kidnapping his wife. and like, well, yeah. I'm going to get you. I'm a bad guy. And then – but I feel like with at least these ones, this one more than the other with four than four and five, I did feel like, oh, they're actually paying attention. Like it's still MacGuffin, you know, yeah. wacky action. It's not like it's of utmost importance. They're kind of excuses to do these set pieces. But yeah. it did, like, especially that, that, that also, you mentioned the, the chase scene where he's, or the, when he's running. That car scene, though, in, in Paris was also just oh, yeah. incredible. Like, I was that was bring one that of the up best too. That car chase, scene chase scenes is... I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's funny because, uh, you know, the French connection, uh, obviously, yeah. hailed as one of the best chase scenes. And it's this, like, but mm-hmm. I don't know, a weak connection, but still, it reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, that chasing was one of the best chasings, especially when he's circling the uh, Arc de Triomphe, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. going the opposite way in traffic. It, like, yeah, I, you, like you know, I sometimes get excited in movies, but yeah, I was like jumping around in my chair, uh, <laughs> much to the chagrin of everyone else in the theater, but. <laughs> I had no one to embarrass myself, so I was not holding myself back. But yeah, that whole scene was just so like every shot is just so suspenseful. Um, and I was that I was that way in the ending helicopter chase too, actually. Yeah. So there was those two chase scenes I thought were some of the probably I don't know I mean there's plenty of chase scenes in all of action films, um, but they're definitely up there in terms of great ones. Yeah, I mean I think too just him doing his own stuff but just the, the filming this they're just so visceral and they feel so much more like like grounded i guess i don't even know yeah, if that's it, right I mean, in it, a lot of ways they remind me of the Bourne series because i really like the action in those yeah that series as well um but like with the realness of that but somehow still the the size scale and scope and ridiculousness of like a you know a, a bigger like yeah wacky action film so making those crazy moments feel somehow like oh man when he's chasing someone in the helicopter, or he's climbing up. What's he gonna do? What he can't do anything. Yeah. Oh wait, he's gonna drop. Like, but yeah. it just feels like yeah, I, I would do that too. That's what that's yeah. just a good plan, right? Just no. or just crash his helicopter. Yeah, like that whole <laughs> sequence was just so like wait, what is yeah? Tom, Tom Cruise, you you can't do that. You don't have a plan. <laughs> like, um, so that was fantastic, and I think it actually does go a long way that he does his own stunts. Like, I think it's kind of easy yeah. to overlook or kind of like kind of wave your hands at, like yeah, whatever, he does his own stunts. But yeah. when you see him on the motorcycle going through the streets and that and they make sure they get their money's worth they put the camera in front yeah. of to show yep yeah. this is tom cruise okay okay he's climbing up something yep this is tom cruise and like yeah shoot that's really him this makes me feel part of the action like it's not they're not pulling hollywood magic over my eyes i mean they still are but um, yeah i mean it's it's a subtle word i think too like they don't they don't overdo it either because i think like if you're a yeah. filmmaker the obvious thing or maybe maybe not the obvious but the um, what you might want to do is overindulge on that and have like yeah. these really long, you know, children of men or whatever sequences where there's no cuts and it's just Tom Cruise. Look, we're not cutting. We're yeah. not cutting. You know, it's Tom Cruise, but they don't do that. No. They cut it just like a normal action film where it's a lot of fast cuts and stuff. But every shot is just, oh, that that's Tom Cruise. It's not a stunt double. It's not the back of his head or whatever. No. And 
even though it's a movie and you know nothing happened, there is the I'm like, oh, dude, you're gonna die. He could yeah. die right now. Tom, Tom Cruise. Which I don't know that like it was bad in terms of our obsession with celebrity because sure, even if it wasn't Tom Cruise, that was another guy who could <laughs> potentially die. We shouldn't care less because he's not Tom Cruise. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, everyone who isn't Tom Cruise. <laughs> so you guys have really. You've upsold the action in this movie mm-hmm. for sure, uh, but you haven't really spoken much on, I guess, the overall plot. Uh, you you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, I'm going to put this in a joke, jokey way. <laughs> okay. How impossible was this mission? Actually, it's a that's a really good question because um, it is funny as especially in the latter half of the film. I was thinking of like these are like hilarious, like almost like I don't know, escape room like things, or like it's like a video game. Like, okay, this is the deal, and they and it's just as a writer, I can imagine them just having fun. Like, okay, what can we add to this to make it even more ridiculous? Okay, now add one more thing to make it even more impossible. Okay, one more, more, add one more thing. Like they just kept adding these things. Okay, so there's a bomb that there's only one trigger for, and you can't deactivate. So once they turn it on. And there's a 15 minute timer and it's on a helicopter flying away. And the, you know, <laughs> oh, switches yeah, yeah. look like, it's just like, okay, this is impo- like, every, there's fail. It's failed. They've failed. There's no way to pass this. And, and that's not strictly the plot, but it is just a, it's really well, like really good action movie writing, right? Like yeah. it, it's just, they never afraid to make it hard on your heroes. And, and it, you feel that as the audience, you just like, what, what? No. Or like, you know, when the lights go off and the big kind of like, twist near near the end oh yeah you get so mad because yeah Yeah. it yeah that's stupid angela bassett right Um, yeah that was that's who i'm mad at by the way angela Bassett. yeah exactly uh or even like that uh the scene in the early on when he's in the in the bathroom in the party scene so like there's you know it's all international Uh, spy the plot general plot is like you know a madman basically or this organization has access to these plutonium or whatever bombs yeah. that are and going off and he has to kind of track them down because of a mistake he made then it's his fault that they're in the wrong hands essentially is kind of the plot of the film yeah so he's having to kind of like infiltrate these you know dark uh, you know um black market kind of events and criminal you know circles so he goes to this big party to infiltrate this and meet up with this broker who kind of deals in all these bad things and he there's this they show some of it in the trailer, but this fight scene between um, him and Henry Cable are fighting this other guy in this bathroom. And it's, again, just really brutal and visceral and just like, yeah. oh, God, like, and they're just getting beat up and knocked around. And it's really, really intense. It's a really good fight scene. It's just really, you know. Yeah. Um, but then at the end of that fight scene, it's like, oh, wait, I have to go meet this guy. Oh, and you're the wrong guy. And he's dead. And this <laughs> and this and this. And, he, and Tom Cruise and Ethan Hunt or whatever. He's like. I, I I'll, I'll just figure something out, and he's just like like that's like what? What do you mean? You'll just figure yeah. something out. It's and like, like it's so, funny because like yeah. Henry Cavill, of course, is very afraid because he's like, what do you? Yeah. You can't just do that. Which is kind of <laughs> funny considering like I think his concerns were genuine, despite the fact yeah. you know whatever twist yeah, occurred. The, you know what I mean? Like, plot twist and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it was it's just very like what? <laughs> it's like everything is working against them. So in terms of that plotting, I think it was really good, and then general plot is pretty pretty basic in terms of this big you know spy kind of films just yeah. you know like i said guys trying to take over the world so that wasn't anything revolutionary um the bad guy was like ryan said i, I like the bad guy he was the same guy from the last film although i don't really remember as well from the last one i thought yeah. he was much better in this one yeah 
I don't, I don't um, remember him very well. Yeah, that yeah. that uh, I like that that club. I guess essentially that it was. Yeah. It was. It kind of reminded me of uh, John Wick Two, the opening yeah, kind of sequence yeah, yeah. thing. And I, I don't know if I mean it's just a European club, I guess. But um, yeah, and this kind of like the violence was very kind of in your face and visceral. Um, yeah, I thought they pulled some some of those same notes that I like. Um, and then, and you mentioned too, Ryan, how I actually think they did a good job of just story-wise kind of bringing a lot of the other, like, because Michelle Monaghan, his wife from like the third and fourth ones or whatever, yeah. she actually has a semi-insignificant role in it. And they bring back Benji, you know, uh, Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames and the girl from the last one too, the, the uh, MI6 agent. Like, so it's like, in a lot of these films, especially in Mitchell, it feels like they're one-off and... But this one, they actually, as much as it does stand alone, you do get something out of it by them and kind of tying it back to a lot of the other the other films kind of throughout. Yeah. Um, so that's always kind of cool. Um, so I, I think it's the strengths are just in just like the the way they set up these scenes and, and kind of put these characters in these situations. And some of the larger story stuff, the plot itself is, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a big action spy movie. You know what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Chris? What what um what Mission Impossible films have you seen? Uh, <laughs> I mean, now that I know that the villain of this one is reliant upon information from the previous one, I may have to watch. And that, that's what I said. I I don't think it's like you, if you watch this film without watching the last film, you won't be missing anything yeah. per se. I don't think. No. But he's a um, bad guy. <laughs> yep and it's actually kind of cool again well we're in spoilers whatever but i in this one even they don't like kill him they don't make a point of just like they just like he just gets knocked out or whatever and that's that's the last you see of him assuming he's arrested or i don't know whatever ever happens to him hmm um so let's see so- talked talked about the actors talked about the plot talked about the action <laughs> Do you have a checklist, Chris? Uh, I do. I wrote it down. Let's Chris, talk let about, me ask you. Let's talk a about the music. How was the uh, music? Actually, the music was. I made a note. The music was really, really good. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the music. There you go. Uh, Take that, Chris. Yeah. You didn't think I was going to be ready for that twist him. question? Surprise! Weary Tom Cruise this whole time. We're wearing masks. Got also, him. Does he continue to use real masks in this one? <laughs> Uh, they don't use, they don't, they use it on like two or three kind of like key moments. And actually one of the plot beats is actually kind of interesting because they're, you know, part of their, one of their plans is that they are going to use the disguise, but then they can't. And that's part of like, oh, they kind of have to, uh, we got to adapt. We'll just got to figure it out. Yeah. Which is good because you can't yeah. overuse that trick because it's, unfortunately yeah. it's mission impossible films are they're bound by their name right they can't not do the mask trick right yeah but they have to find clever ways of still tricking the audience and i think they still do so yeah they do and and because they don't overuse it yeah yeah um chris let me ask you would would you see this movie based on the things you've heard from me and sean you know it's funny that you asked that because i was going to use that as my closer because with as much as you and Sean have talked it up, I'm I'm actually pretty interested. I was kind of just like, if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. Which is essentially what I was with the last one, and then I just never did. Uh, 
But with as much as you and Sean talking this one up, I guess I'll have to go check it out. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, well, that's why I was asking which ones you have seen. I was going to see if you like which ones you like the most or whatever. Right. Or if you, yeah. I mean, obviously, the first one is just like because I mean, you guys already touched this, but it's it's different from everything that mm-hmm. they've done since. It's a yeah. solid spy thriller, right? Like, yeah. You never know what the hell's going on in it. It does what it's yeah. it it does its genre really well, right? Whereas from that point forward, John Woo is obviously an action director. J.J. Abrams is pretty much just an action director, and then they just kind of lent into it, you know, leaned into it. Yeah, I mean, the same guys directed this one, the last one, um, Christopher McQueen and or Christopher McQuarrie, and he's directed, like I said, he directed Edge of Tomorrow and a handful of other films that are actually like, oh, I really actually like those films. Actually, was it? I wasn't. A, wasn't it Andrew Stanton that did Rogue Nation? Um, it was some famous. No, director. it was. Oh, sorry, he just did the story. Sorry, uh, Christopher McQuarrie just did the. S- no, wait, he directed it. He directed. Um, oh, whoops, that's Rogue Nation. Yeah, Christopher McCrary, McCrary, uh, what was the previous one? Oh, right, it wasn't... Well, the other, the funny thing is, though, so he also did Usual Suspects, which is an, another one of my oh, favorite films. I really yeah. like that. Oh, Brad, um, no, Brad, that's not true. Uh, Brian, Brad Bird. Brian Singer. Rogue Brad Bird Nation. was the director for Gross Protocol. Oh, that's right. He was, uh, he was Gross, kind yeah. of the re, re, resurgence of yeah. the series. yeah. Sorry, I, when I said Christopher McQuarrie directed, I meant wrote. He wrote Usual Suspects, and he wrote the last or Rogue Nation. Um, and he also, it's funny though, he also wrote the Mummy, the 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 one that came out. Oh, last really? Year. With Did Tom Cruise? That? that movie sucked. Yeah, I heard it was not good. He liked... <laughs> it was really bad. So what's the deal? Like they pair up writers and actors? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. As a writer, like he probably might be friends. So, like, hey, I got another screenplay. It's perfect for you, Tom. And Tom, like, you know, is friends with them. So he's attached to it. And or, I, I mean, I don't know, but hmm. I could see. Um, but he's a pretty prolific writer. He also wrote Jack the Giant Slater. Let's see, Jack Reacher, handful of other things. Um, another Tom Valkyrie, Cruise. Another Tom Cruise one. Um, well, yeah, both of those were Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. So, so weird. I guess he really yeah. likes Tom Cruise. Interesting. Um. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, as much as the film's not so, like I said, not so much about specifically like, you know, the dialogue or the plot, it's still the writing in terms of the story and setting up these, um, opportunities and cool scenes. And that's still in the writing, found in the writing. So, yeah. So there uh, you go, Chris, go any, see it and then tell us what you thought. So any last thoughts from either of you on the movie? Um, well, uh, we posed this, or I posed this question last week and, or last episode, and it was, you know, if you were only to see one movie this week or this month, would this be it? Or maybe just in general, who would you recommend this to? Not just, I would recommend this wholeheartedly to everyone all the time. If not that, then who? Similar to who we recommended T-Titans to. Um, I would recommend this to, um, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly as specific as i wanted <laughs> sean would um, you also recommend it to your mom well no i, I have to recommend it to someone else because, because ryan already one recommendation it. means that she will automatically go see it so <laughs> don't waste your recommendation waste. exactly yeah. um i recommend it i think mom and dad already saw it though so uh. that is also a waste um i would recommend it to pretty much anyone who is not a child or is not like a 
artsy, pretentious film goer. Anybody probably, who would watch you know. Teen Titans go to the movies, I would not recommend it to them. <laughs> I was going to say the opposite. If you watch that film, you will probably like this film as long as you're over, you know, 15. <laughs> um, uh, and if it was like the only movie you saw this month. I think I that's fine. That, that would be okay. Yeah. I think that's all right. Yeah. I would be okay with that. I mean, I there's a, that, there's some powerful movies out right now, but if if you're like this is a good summer movie and it is summertime and it's two and a half hours you don't have yes, to spend in the sun exactly then... that's why I feel like if you are like a moviegoer who doesn't go to like movies every week or whatever you just go to have fun you go like whatever once in a while and you go for like either big things or just to get like this is the perfect I think opportunity for that yeah you'll you'll enjoy it you'll have a lot of fun you'll be entertained all right so there you have it. Uh... Go watch Mission Impossible Fallout uh, from Universal Pictures. I don't know if they do. Uh, <laughs> Par- Paramount. Paramount Pictures. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's us. That's 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 what we do. And, um, <laughs> we two thirds of us go watch films and talk about it. <laughs> and then one third. Oh, we also we didn't mention Vincent Chewy this episode. We just mentioned him now, though. So, haha, yep. they're still dead by however means we killed them. Thanks for your suggestions. We took them to heart. <laughs> that one was really brutal, but we appreciate. So we it. had to do it. Yeah, um, we had to. But we can't mention it on the air. It's too. Yeah, it's too extreme. Ho- Children are listening. Ho- Fans of Teen Titan are listening to this podcast. Hopefully, uh, one of us won't die in the next audio. What I know. What what should our next uh, thing be? You know, what, let's. What, what should we... We pose that question every week, kind of, and it's hard. There's a lot of... There's there's a lot of good... Um, I Like you talked or mentioned earlier, Ryan, there's yeah. a lot of good, like, if not indie films, but lower release or, you know, smaller release films that yeah. I am really, really interested in seeing and want to talk about. So I would not be averse because up until now we have been talking big budget stuff, big release, wide mass market films. I would be okay if you guys... What do you guys think? Um, both listeners and Chris and Ryan about doing some smaller stuff for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I will. Pro- like I said, I'm probably going to end up seeing the eighth grade uh, probably mm-hmm. next week. So uh, I'm up for that. I'm also up for Blind Spotting. Sorry to bother you. Those are both fantastic films. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. Uh, as long as I know what I'm I'm watching, I'll try. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you I'm won't sure go if you're blindfolded means, but... and kidnapped. <laughs> yes. It'd be confusing. Well, it doesn't sound like you have much of a choice. Yeah. If that's the case. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, what what do you, what do you, what do you say, Sean? Yeah, let's do it. So until then, feel free to like us and subscribe us and rate us on iTunes. Paul, I know you rated us on iTunes, but we can't figure out how to find that rating. But thanks for rating us. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> And yeah, send us some emails with suggestions or uh, some other, maybe some other smaller um, release films that you have seen and would like other people to see and might suggest for us. Um, otherwise, um, stay tuned till next episode. Thanks for staying after the credits with us and bring it home, Chris. We'll see you all after the credits. Da, 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 da.